Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 126 of Screwball, and this week we are seeing a lot of divisional and wildcard races start to come down to the wire, uh, as well as some uh, batting leaders and milestones coming down to the wire, as we only have about uh, between 15 and 20 games left here for the season. So, 2022 season winding down into the playoffs here. Um, not a whole lot of news to go around um, as far as big, big news, but we do have some updates on the players that we kind of talked about in the last, really, uh, at this point, probably the last month or, or so. So to start off with the piece of news, uh, the first piece of news, I should say, is Aaron Judge. Just to give a general Aaron Judge update because what he's doing is, is going to be, at this point, you know, got, you know, uh, in case anything, uh, you know, really sudden happens, uh, he could re- we could really be seeing one of the most historic hitting seasons in the last 20 years at least. Uh, so for the second time in a week, Judge has had hit a multi-homer game on Sunday, hitting number 58 and 59 on the year against the Brewers. Uh, in addition to the home runs, he also leads the league in walks, runs scored, RBIs, total bases, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS+, plus, and war, for what it's worth. And, um, and tied the record for the most multi-home run games in a single season with 11. Yep, he tied Hank Greenberg. And Sammy Sosa. Right. Well, but of course, yeah. <laughs> I think he still doesn't have a three home run career uh, game in his career, though. That's pretty Judge, incredible, right? especially this I year. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Um, which is pretty amazing. Which tells you that's weird. that tells you how the bonds. Yeah. He must have had. You got to think he was close to eleven then, maybe ten or nine. But that just means he had three home run games and he had a home run every day then. Yeah. He. Yeah. He had just some sort of amazing stretch. <laughs> uh, because at one point, Aaron Judge was not far off his pace. I just think Bonds hit one every day. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. and, and that's the thing. He probably had 10 multi-home run games that year, or nine, and one was probably a three-home run game, and that's where you catch up four or five home runs right there. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but on top of that, because this is judged as far as his slugging and, and kind of general MVP uh, case here, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't include that he leads the league in RBIs, way far and away leads the entire MLB in home runs, not even close, and he is a... Point oh one off the lead in the American League for average. One point. Um, so the Red Sox, though. Chasing the Red Sox. And uh, Luis, the, the, Luis the, Arias, the yeah. twins had already played today. I don't know how he did. He had at least one hit. I know okay, that. so I he probably that. stayed more or less where he was. Uh, either way, that's for a guy who just this past week will get to hit very, very well. And really for the last, what, for the month of September has been hitting the cover off the ball. And that's even without the home runs. He's been in singles, doubles, kind of been doing a little everything. Um, I think the triple crown is now, I mean, he's he's right on the bumper uh, of the car in front of him, essentially, for a triple crown. So uh, I think it's well within his grasp. Does he do it? I don't know. Triple crown's really hard to do. Uh, but the home run, I mean, he's only three home runs away from breaking the AL home run record set by Maris, um, which I think is, uh, he could do it by the end of this week. We, we could come next week and he has it. Yeah, I think he's it's home, he's got to hit one home run a week. There's about three weeks left. Yeah, right? and the um, there was two stats I saw separate. That one was in the case of 
him just passing the record, and one was way surpassing the record. So the one was saying that he hadn't had a stretch, uh, a week or two stretch, where he hadn't hit three home runs. Or it was I think it was a two-week stretch. So as long as he just does the bare minimum that he's done all year, he should pass the record. And then there was another thing that said his best stretch was from late July into August. He had 13 home runs in 16 games. So they said if oh, he did yeah. that, he would be one shy of Bonds, which would be uh, – he would have – first of all, just hitting 70 home runs in a year, regardless of the record, is uh, something I thought we'd never see again. So if he did that, I, I don't even know what to say. But the fact that we're even talking these numbers, that it's, it's within some realm of possibility, is to me is just incredible. Yeah, and some people kind of pointed it out. I know one guy uh, that I really like to follow and have some of his books and things, uh, Ryan Spader, he, he said early on in the year, it was like April, he said, well, the weather's going to change and people are going to stop talking about the home run not going and we're going to be talking about judge chasing the home run records. Mm. He said that. Wow. So, and I don't know if they did change the ball, maybe they weakened it, put back to a normal baseball, but if they had the juice ball still, which they don't think they have, where would his stats be then? Oh, my goodness. I'm sure he'd have four or five more home runs. Uh, you'd think at least he would already have the record, you'd think. He'd have the AL record for sure, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, you never know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I was signing him a contract. I would <laughs> almost use this against him. Like, well, you're never doing that again. That's the way I see it, too. Again, He'll never have it. a season like this again. You're never going to hit that good again. No. You're never going to do all three of those. You're never going to do this again. No. In reality, you're going to be a 280-something hitter, which is fine. Mm-hmm. The home runs, yes. He has the ability to hit 50 home runs, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the RBIs, if you hit that many home runs, you should be able to get up over 100, 100 RBIs or more. The walks in the defense. I think the stolen bases are up. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're ever going to really be higher than this. If right. the average is higher than it's ever really going to be. <laughs> so you almost can work it against them. Like, well, you're never doing that again. Yeah, you're not going to break the AL record in home runs again. Yeah, you know? so, you know. <laughs> You'd like to think. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, anybody has a shot at it. Yeah. Know, so, but. No, I agree. Yeah, it's a crazy chase. But that's where Judge is at, so I figured give him an update. For the second piece of news, on the flip side of someone's career, we have a pool host update. Because obviously we've been kind of, you know, giving updates here and there on him um, throughout the season, really, because he's kind of somewhat been chasing it all year. So Pujols is uh, also now two home, home runs away from history. Uh, since last week we talked, uh, Albert has hit one more, so he's at 698 on his career, and he just needs two home runs down the stretch to reach 700 for his career, which at the pace he was hitting, especially in August, it just seems like, I wouldn't say it's inevitable, but, uh, I mean, it's right there for him. You well, know? Yeah, again, he's got three weeks to hit two home runs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean. I don't know, he comes in the last couple games of the season, too, and yeah, he's a home run shy. You get the all-star game treatment, right? You get a bunch of fastballs right down the middle there. Yeah, you do, I, you do it, you don't, you don't. Yeah, I mean, especially if they play some lesser teams that aren't really, you know, some some guys that maybe maybe secretly want to be a part of history. I always kind of thought that. Yeah. You know? Like um, the Angels, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd <laughs> do it. Yeah, that'd be perfect timing. But yeah, I mean, just two home runs uh, for a guy that really always seems to shine in the moment, I think oh, is, yeah. uh, I think, w- w- if I was a betting man, I'd say we'd probably see it this season. Maybe a walk-off yeah. Grand Slam or something, you know. Oh, yeah. well, every to home clinch run. To, clinch to the division. Yeah. Know, something. What is it, like four of his last home runs have either given the lead or tied? or something. Yeah. His last, the 698, was a clutch home run. He's got the strut going when he's tossing the bat. He looks as good as, you know, he looks good up there doing his thing. He looks still good enough to play next year for sure. So, well, I, you just know. just got over his 2200th RBI. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, I think he's only a few short of uh, passing Babe Ruth. Um, his official RBI count. We went, we went over his unofficial count before. Yeah, Pujols, incredible. Yeah, so hopefully Another we. Another one uh, we probably will never see again. Seven hundred home runs. 
No, I, I mean, he's only run, the fourth of all time. Even in a home run league, the longevity, the forgetfulness in mm. the MLB anymore, and in all sports. There is no, oh, you had two down years, you know, we'll get back at it. It's like, oh, you had a down year, you're, now you're a platoon player. Yeah, that's true. You don't really get that chance to be like, eh, he's all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. He, uh, I mean, again, to how many thousands of players have played in the league? I think it's about almost 30,000 have ever played organized Major League Baseball, and uh, and only four of them have 700 home runs. It's kind of rare. <laughs> you really, it's almost once in a generation. I know Bonds did it fairly recently. But yeah, between right. Ruth and Aaron was about a 50-year stretch and, you know, another four, th- 30 years towards that. And, you know, it's 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 rare. It happens. Yeah. Um, so, appreciate it, hopefully, if we get it. Yeah, yeah, it's history. Uh, t- stay tuned because there's history everywhere. Yeah, um, there really year. is. This year is, is pretty memorable. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's great. We even got, you know, Team Jason, the 116 record. Um, we also had the Cardinals, Wainwright Molina, Pat, broke that record with the all-time battery mate. Which is incredible. You'll never get that again. Yeah. You never get it again. No, I, I can't for those, imagine. For two to be out there and catcher to pitcher, I, I just don't see. It. Even with the guy, oh, that's my catcher, just to be with a team that long. Right. Both both players and pitch together every day. It, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard I, hard I, I don't, I don't. So we'll I mean, s- the fact that it stood that long, you know. Was, oh yeah, you can see. I think Ray Schalk was one of the guys on oh there. My God. So those records were hard to break. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, other piece of news here that you know Mike's pretty much hit those ones. Um, with the shift ban coming in, I know we you know we yelled about it last week. <laughs> Major League Baseball infields will now have to be uniformed. You go well, ninety foot base paths. I mean, no shit, they're uniform, right? Well, technically they weren't because the dirt behind this field could have been one hundred and two feet worth of dirt, or well, this one might only been one hundred and one foot of dirt. But now you have to be in the dirt, right, or on the edge of the grass. So they have to be uniformed going forward, so that one field can't be. 105 feet, so now my outfield, my infield can get another two steps back. And this one's only 99 feet or something crazy. Right. So now they're going to have to be uniformed. Or I'm not sure if they're going to be uniformed to the exact T, but they're going to be damn near close now. But they never really were uniformed, even though they probably were pretty close. Right. It was like they had a window of gap. It has to be like 100 to 103 feet, 105 feet. You had to have like a window. Now it's going to be uniformed to more to a you know more mm. exact number. So that's something to look out for. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not sure if fields are going to get grandfathered in. I doubt it. So it's going to be extra grass added, extra dirt <clears> added, whatever you're going to do. Right. Other than that, you know, the topic for today I thought was just the playoff races. We have a couple races coming down the wire here. We got the AL East. Yankees hold a five and a half game lead over Toronto, six game lead over Tampa. Um, I think that's, you know, the Yankees hold on for that at this point. Yeah, they I agree. Playing better baseball, getting healthier too. So it's going to be harder, I think, for a team to chase them. In the AL Central, we have the White Sox four games back of Cleveland yep. and Minnesota at this point seven games back. I think they're one game under 500 uh, at this point. I think they lost today, actually, so they're probably even lower than that. But um, coming into today, they were four game, uh, White Sox four games back of Cleveland, Minnesota seven games back. I think at this point, I think Cleveland will probably hold on to it, but that's such a wishy-washy division, and the White Sox do have a lot of talent, so they mm-hmm. can make that run at it. And then on the National League side, division-wise, we have the NL East. The Mets hold one game lead over the Braves. And that's just been a chase down. The Braves had just not a good start to the year, similar to last year. Um, and ever since about June, Braves have been unstoppable. But every time the Braves get right there, tied, took a half-game lead. One game there, seems like the Mets have a, a pickup, and they, you know, they, they win three or four in a row. Right. Uh, but the Braves match it. 
But we just did see the Mets get swept by Chicago. First time in 40 years or something that a team that was 30 games over 500 got mm-hmm. swept to a team that was 30 games under 500. That's going to be a tight race because the winner of that is a bye. Yeah, that's a big one. The loser of that has got to go fight for their life. So, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and they virtually have, you know, the same record. They have a close run differential. I mean, these two teams are just battling. They have know? a close, <clears throat> I believe, head-to-head record this year. Mm-hmm. Mets have an easier schedule here to finish. Which yep. is good and bad. Sometimes you like facing the bad teams. But then again, you got young guys at the end of the year playing for their MLB careers. Nothing to lose. Balls to the wall. And you're not as competitive because, you know, it's a shit team. You play a better team, sometimes you're up, you're up for a little bit more. because you're a little more intensity. Right. So we'll see there. Wild card races in the AL, I think, you know, closing in on being, uh, you know, washed or, you know, wrapped up at this point. We have uh, Baltimore four games out. And White Sox five games out. Yep. We have, uh, you know, I think uh, we have Toronto is the number one seed. Yep. Seattle's a game behind them for the one seed. Uh, it says here, I don't know if this is because, I guess because Seattle already played. It's Toronto, game and a half up. Tampa just a half a game behind them, and Seattle's a, a game and a half behind. Um, or half. Yes, Tampa Bay's a half a game behind Toronto. Seattle is a game and a half. So at this point, the AL wild card is more for seeding. Yeah, you know the white. Now I guess the White Sox and the and the, the Orioles they're they're still in still in it, but it's going to take you know a rocky run here, right? It's kind yeah. of a Rockies Mo Seven kind of run here, right? Yeah. Uh, or collapse that we've seen similar we've seen with the Mets in the past and yeah. White Sox years ago and right things like that. But the National League, the wild card mm. race gets to you know what you want to say tiebreaker crap coming into play and all the other nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Padres holding a half-game lead over the Phillies for the second wild-card spot. First one's wrapped up. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Braves or Mets, that's wrapped up. But the second wild-card spot is held by the Padres by half a game over the Phillies. And the Phillies are only two games up on Milwaukee. So Milwaukee's two games out of the playoffs, two and a half out of the two seed. So, so there's only one team missing it there out of those three. But, you know, still, it's it's a chase. Mm-hmm. Two games is, is nothing. You win a game, they lose a game, and... All hell breaks loose. Right. So, um, and you can go easily go from out of the playoffs to the two seed. Yeah, you certainly can. So, Padres have been playing terrible baseball. Phillies yep. have been playing pretty good. I know they've been cold here, lost a couple in a row. Um, and Milwaukee is playing better baseball after being terrible for a month, two months, pretty much since the All-Star break, not playing good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's kind of up for grabs. The NL wild card is pretty much the place to look at this point. And at least... And NL wildcard is pretty much the place to look for your closest races. After that, I think it's pretty much your division for the AL Central, just because it's so wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I think the other ones are pretty much wrapped up. I mean, they're not over. You know, don't say, you know, never. But it's going to take one of those, you know, memorable comebacks and memorable collapses for something to happen. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is is the East. The NL East is the most exciting, clearly. Uh, AL East is within a, a historic collapse of happening, really. Um, AL Central is getting to that point where it would take quite the collapse. Um, the Wests are not even in play. I mean, the Dodgers are could break a record. The Astros are, are probably going to run away with the first seed of the American League. So um, they're not even in play. As far as seeding goes for the AL wildcard, I think it would get very interesting because... You, you know, I think uh, Toronto, for all their for all their problems they've had this year, 
for a team that was projected for, by a lot of people to win the division. Fired their coach. And yeah, fired their coach and had a lot, a lot, a lot of problems. Um, the fact that they could be the first wild card team would be big for them. You know, uh, I guess don't count out Baltimore is kind of is kind of cool. I mean, at the very, very least, Baltimore could have a winning season, which I think is good for them. But, yeah, I mean, the NL East is really the, the place to watch, and then the NL wild card could get pretty wild. But the only thing with the NL wild card is you really only do have those four teams because after that's the Giants, and they're back 11. So they're pretty much out. So you have four teams looking for three spots, uh, which is going to get a little rough because, honestly, uh, they all are playing pretty well. You know, San Diego, for all their problems, has won six of their last ten. Uh, Phillies have had a little uh, a little trouble here, and Milwaukee's won seven of their last ten. So, uh, you know, teams are hot, and you know that's how it goes. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think the way it's shaken out with Atlanta, San Diego, and Philly, whether whether it's Atlanta or the Mets, really is, is hard to say. I think those are your three teams. You know, I, I like Milwaukee, and they do have good pitching, and they have a pretty good balance of a team. I just don't think they're quite on the Phillies. You know, they, they're not quite the Phillies. Offensively, I, th- I think Milwaukee really lacks. I think right. the bullpen is all right. Mm. It's a little bit more hot or cold. And I think their starting pitching is, is good, but has not been the same starting pitcher that we've seen in the past, which is what we kind of expected for the year. It's yeah, it's not like last that. year. Yeah. Well, Phillies, they have the firepower to beat anybody offensively. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they've gotten better since, you know, when they fired Girardi. Some reason, they you know, the players put it on themselves. And pitching, they have, you know, a one-two punch there. Starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Zach Wheeler on the men's coming back. And Nola, that could right. be, you know, just about anybody. It's just their bullpen is yeah, good, it's, good sometimes and really, really bad other times. Yeah, it's a bit of a coin flip. And what is it, uh, Knable's out for the whole year? or I mean, that really hurt, you know, for yeah. all his struggles. Also, the word is Senegar's going to the bullpen. Wheeler mm-hmm. coming back, he's going to split split the starts with Wheeler until Wheeler's fully up to go, which is what we talked about in the past. I said someone could trade for Syndergaard knowing the idea that he could pitch out of the bullpen and be effective out of the bullpen. Yeah, he would. Because he could pitch two or three innings out of the bullpen, and he could start bringing it 100 miles per hour, or not 100 anymore, but high high 90s because he's only for two innings or so. Right, right. So um, I think the Phillies are, are a better – would compete more in the playoffs. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team I could see making a run. Um, maybe not to the World Series and run all the way up Just, to the top. They're but They're so strong offensively, and with their one-two punch at the top of the rotation, they can really they can do something. Yeah, they could give the, the Mets or the Braves uh, or even the Cardinals you know, a hard time, and, think, and we've seen the Dodgers in the playoffs, you know, so you just never know. I just think Milwaukee's just not going to hit enough. And their yeah, pitching no. it has to be so perfect at that point that you give up two runs, it might be all she wrote. Right. And, uh, well, they Philly, have, they might be able to mash five or six runs on the playoffs. You know, you're going to score a bunch, but they might be able to roll five or six runs, and that bullpen could leak a couple runs. Yeah. And still win the game. But mm-hmm. Milwaukee, well, you get one run, it's like, oh, here we go. This might be it. Right, right. So, yeah. And then the Padres are just, I don't know, they have a lot of talent, and nobody really seems to play up to the years we're supposed to have out there. And uh, they're doing all right, but they, they don't look like a team that they could win much just because they don't, they don't put nothing together. Yeah, I mean, they could find themselves... Sneaking out of here, yes, you know, which is uh, pretty incredible because when you look at the team they have, especially at the trade deadline, the trade deadline moves with Soto and Bell. Uh, I just Drury. don't know. And Drury, I just don't know. And I guess they added Hater, but uh, you know. pitching better late. Yeah, but still, I mean, you'd think when you put it on paper, you'd think that you should be running away with oh, yeah. the top wild card spot, just about. But at this point, you know, if you missed the playoffs, 
boy. I mean, what do you do? GM keeps pushing these buttons and these guys keep failing. You gave a 10-year contract to a cheater. Well, you got to think, we really messed this one all up, huh? And then you, it, I don't want to say you wasted it, but you had a guy in the MVP hunt. Still in the MVP hunt. Hmm? With Machado. So it's like, wait, what are we going to do? Yeah. To be good. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird team, but... You can't say that division's too hard, because other than the Dodgers, that division's really not good. Yeah, you can pretty much beat up on the other three teams. Not that they're, you know, they're going to let you just walk all over them, but... Even it's, the National they're... League in a whole. Marlins, Nationals, right? Pittsburgh Reds. Yep. Cubs. Cubs. Mm-hmm. Diamondbacks. Giants, Rockies. There's eight teams there, or at least seven. You want to count the Giants as being a decent team. At least seven teams there. Yeah. Not very good. That's and really an eighth team that really ain't that good. Yeah, that's a, a half the league, half the NL. That you're playing all the time. Yeah, that you could just flip a coin and know we probably got If you gotta... get lucky, you play a bad team out there in the AL. A's, Angels, mm. Rangers, Royals, Detroit, S5. That's about it. Because the AL East, you can't. They're, no. they're all competitive. Yeah, even the Red Sox, for being how many games under 500, can give you a hard time. Yeah, so you have five, maybe six teams. Not that great. So yeah. it's like. You're on the better side of that, too. So, you falter in here. It's like, come on. Yeah. I, you got one of the best managers in baseball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I thought would be a big difference to them. So, but I don't know. They, they're, you know, they seem to be lackluster second half team. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Um, but those are the races to watch uh, coming down to the wire here. We have about, uh, like I said, we have about uh, between 15 and 20 games depending on the team. And um, uh, I think things can get really dicey, but it's definitely not the – the amount of races like we've seen in the past. I think the divisions are, at this point, more or less wrapped up with the exception of one, maybe two or three, uh, which is rare. I think usually you see a little bit closer. You know, you quite see the Dodgers breaking quite the record that they are. But we'll see. Uh, just keep an eye on those. And uh, I think that the NL East and NL Wild Cards are the ones to really put a magnifying glass on. So with that, let's move on to the wrap-up of the news, who's doing the best right now. This, I could just copy and paste this from last week. Uh, the Dodgers own the best record in the league at 101-44, and 44, and the Mets own the second-best record in the NL at 93-55. and 55. Over in the American League, the Astros own the best record at 96-51, and 51, while the Yankees own the second-best record at 88-58. and 58. Uh, The Dodgers still own the best run differential in the league at plus 329, and the Pirates own the worst at minus 214. So... Yeah. Again, they could just copy and paste it, just make different numbers, and we're good yeah, to go. Yeah, just make it up at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, some teams like I who have been playing pretty good baseball over the last seven to ten days. We have uh, Cleveland playing well, the White Sox, Astros, Brewers, and Dodgers. Some teams that have been struggling. Uh, the Royals, A's, the Phillies lost, I think, four in a row at this point. Yeah. Uh, the Reds and the Diamondbacks. So, there's your, you know, hot and cold teams that I just wanted to throw out there over the last seven to ten days. Yeah. Some teams of real consequence there, especially the Phillies, definitely not helping themselves, keeping themselves away from the Brewers, who I think took, yeah, they took two or three from the Yankees, which is a big series for them, um, big proving series. So from there, let's move on to the hot and cold players of the week. Jordan Alvarez won the AL player of the week. I don't have him on here, but obviously, as he probably does every week, had a good week. Um, as far as the NL, it was you Darvish, so I don't, uh, I have hitters, so I don't have him. But he is worth mentioning, obviously, one NL player of the week. So for my five hot players, no surprise, number one, Aaron Judge, batted 550 over the last week with a 1250 slugging and an 1890 OPS. Uh, I mean, I just don't know how he didn't win player of the week, but I guess they got to give it to someone else. Uh, number two, Miles Straw, batted 458 over the last week with a 583 slugging and a 1083 OPS. 
Number three, Gio Urshela batted 417 over the last week with a 583 slugging and a 1083 OPS. Uh, number four, Elvis Andrews batted 385 over the last week with a 538 slugging and a 967 OPS. And number five, Carlos Correa batted 357 over the last week with a 643 slugging and a 1081 OPS. So uh, obviously, big name there, Aaron Judge and Correa and Straw, Urshela, and Andrews. Andrews finding life with the White Sox yeah. is pretty awesome. Just you know, to be honest, I think it's really cool. Yeah, some players here I have added to that list. Uh, Javier Baez find, found a good time to actually start hitting the ball. You know, I took him all year. Detroit to lose you know almost 100 games at this point. Uh, Willie Adams playing well. Gunnar Henderson, the Orioles came up is playing great. Yep, as one of the top prospects. And Luke Voigt. How about it? Well, for the very bad Nationals. Who is not happy with Eric Hosmer because he had to go over to the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, no, not very good. <laughs> um, some pitchers that have been doing good. You Darvish, like you mentioned. Jose Quintana, Dakota Hudson, Sandy Alcantara through his fifth complete game of the year. Up way over 200 innings already this year. And I think, I think, as long as he doesn't go Jeff Weaver or something on the rest of the year here, I think he's your NL Cy Young. I was say, he's got to be He Cy should Young. be because he's on a bad team. If he's on a better team, his stats would be nuts. Imagine if you threw him on the Dodgers. He's got 13 <laughs> wins already this year, I believe. Yeah. Dodgers, the Marlins. yeah, 25 wins. Yeah. Over he, there, over there. Right. Jeez Louise. And a better defense, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, he's your, he's your Cy Young. I don't, yeah. I know who I'd be voting for. <laughs> and the last guy I got here is Jeffrey Springs. Yeah. If anyone knows who that guy is, I'm sure a lot of you don't. He's with Tampa Bay. He's pitching pretty well. Yeah, he has actually been pitching pretty good for them. So They always find someone. Yeah, they, they throw it together. So, uh, But they have better defense. Helps a lot. A lot of teams. That's true. A lot of players, I should say. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's your hot and cold uh, hitters and pitchers that I have. Yeah. Um, as far as the cold hitters here, uh, some awfully cold weeks uh, for some bigger guys. So, number one, I have Josh Naylor, batted 077 over the last week with a 115 slugging and a 287 OPS. Did hit a home run today, though. He did. And just uh, strutting around like he always does and yelling and whatever. <laughs> Head button Tito. Yeah. Uh, number two, Teoscar Hernandez, who's had a pretty underwhelming year. Uh, all in all, batted 087 over the, uh, the last week with a 130 slugging and a 255 OPS. Number three, AJ Pollock, batted 091 over the last week with a 227 slugging and a 318 OPS. Number four, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, batted 091 over the last week with a 136 slugging and a 303 OPS. And number five, Matt Olson, uh, zero average, zero slugging, zero OPS over his last 20 uh, in this week. So not great for him. And Giancarlo Stanton, another one finding his name. Uh, on this list a little more often than he would like to. Uh, and A.J. Pollock, a little bit of a fall from grace uh, from where he used to be, I think, too. So, uh, some bigger names there, you know, Matt Olson, Giancarlo Stanton, and Teoscar Hernandez, Yeah. you know, finding their way on the cold list. Yeah, Matt Olson, that's one of my favorite players in all baseball. And not my fantasy team, so that hurts. Yeah. Um, but go along with my fantasy team there, uh, Bryce Harper on the cold list as well. <laughs> so, that's no good. Uh, Jonathan India not hitting well. Gary Sanchez, you mentioned the other two. Some pitchers here struggling. Uh, Chris Bubick, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Madison Bumgarner, Mike Clevenger, and Gumby was the last little bit. So a lot of those players there are on uh, playoff playoff teams. Well, playoff, you know, contenders. You know, Sir Anthony yeah. with the Phillies, Clevenger with the Padres, Gumby with the Cardinals. So you'd like to see, you know, things turn around for those guys. But uh, But we'll see. Again, we're coming down to the wire. So one hot streak here can run you a long ways. Yeah, and absolutely. A cold streak can you know run you right to the golf course. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for damn sure. Especially if you're in that NL wild card race, you don't want to be effing around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 
On the other side, I think the injury news here, uh, it's a relatively shorter injury list. Uh, tried keeping it also a little bit towards the more contending teams um, or bigger-name players. Uh, but we have Alejandro Kirk. Missed a couple games here with a hip injury. Uh, they don't, you know, he's not on the IL, so I don't think it's too serious, but he has missed a couple games here. Frankie Montas getting an MRI on the shoulder that he, he had previously hurt, and he has been pitching good with the Yankees, so is the shoulder injury, has he been trying to pitch through this? Uh, could be causing it. Sonny Gray left today's game with a hamstring issue. Uh, Julio Rodriguez has missed, I think, three games in a row at this point. He is day-to-day, but missed three games in a row. Ozzie Albies, tough break, just came back from breaking his foot. And the second game, he slid headfirst into a base, I believe, and broke his finger. So he doesn't need surgery, but he's probably not going to be back till mid to late playoffs if they make it. Uh, another reason why you shouldn't slide headfirst unless you just have to. Have to, have to. Otherwise, you should avoid it. Yep. Uh, Jazz Chazome, this is not new. He's been out. But he had he also got knee surgery while he's been out, since he's been out. So, smart move. I'm out. Let's get it all fixed now. Right yeah. now. Let's not mess around. Agreed. Um, and Alex Wood. He's going to be shut down for the rest of the season with the Giants. Um, hmm. On the better side of things, Glass now had a dominant rehab assignment. He should be back here pretty soon for the Rays next week or two, I would say. Uh, Rizzo was activated. DJ LeMay should be activated pretty soon. The Yankees have even more guys that we can keep going. I know Britain's on the verge. Severino, they have so, so many guys on the verge. Miguel yeah. Castro, Harrison Bader is expected to be activated tomorrow or Tuesday. So they have a bunch going on. Miguel Cabrera expects to be activated from the IL. Okay. If he can finish this season. At this point, Michael Kopech should be coming back for the White Sox soon. Tim Anderson still not much of an update there. Uh, Verlander activated, pitched the other day, pitched great. Uh, Max Scherzer activated. Trevor McGill, or Tyler McGill for the Mets, activated. Hoskins back after missing a few games. Mm-hmm. Steven Matz activated for the Cardinals. I believe they're pitching him mostly out of the bullpen at this point. Okay. And Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers is supposed to be activated from the paternity list here pretty soon. Okay. Um, other than that, that's pretty much the injury update for, you know, most of these contending teams or bigger-name players. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff coming back. It doesn't sound like, you know, if people are getting shut down, uh, for the most part, it's on non-contending teams, so it's kind of better for them anyway, especially if maybe they're in, someone's in a contract year or something, you know, um, better for their own sake. But a guy like Jazz Chisholm, who's got a big uh, future ahead of him, and potentially with, you know, a Marlins team, um, that could be good in the future. Uh, good for him too to just get healthy and just because he could be a star of the game. Really, yeah. he already kind of is. The near near future for the Marlins would be good. Yeah, they got Lazardo and Alcantara has been nuts, and you got his home, and you got some other young players that can come up and and a free agent move here or there, and all of a sudden, you yeah, know. they're they're right there, and it's Miami, so you'd think big market, and you'd think they have the money, but you know, yeah, always crying the blues, I guess. Yeah. Uh, other than that, the last thing I got here is the trivia question, and. That is uh, Strider, Spencer Strider, I believe, for the Braves. Um, <clears throat> he got his 200th strikeout yesterday and his first 130 innings pitched. He now broke the record. Who held the record for the most, or who held the record for the fastest 200 strikeouts? Obviously, prior to Strider because he just broke the record, but who mm. held the record prior, you know, previous to Strider? Um, and the answer is Randy Johnson. He got 200 strikeouts in his first 130 and two-thirds innings. So Spencer Strider beat him by two outs. <laughs> but he Jesus. now holds the record for the most strikeouts, or 200 strike, fastest 200 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So um, third place in that was Garrett Cole. He got 200 strikeouts in 133rd and a third innings. So That's surprising. 
honestly, Garrett Cole. You know, like I said, I just I just didn't think that I just didn't think he got um, that many strikeouts that fast because I, I know that he kind of became a little bit more of a star as time went on. Yeah. You know, so just early in his Pirates career, just surprising. That one surprised me. Yeah, he did start. I think he was you know early his first year or two. He really came out of the gate strong. Right. I think that was a big thing. And then he kind of middled around, hot and cold. And then he went to the Astros and was you know went nuts. Yeah, true. But um. Yeah, Strider breaking that record, 130 innings to get 200 strikeouts. Before that was Randy Johnson. You know, he had 130, two-thirds innings to get 200 strikeouts. No surprise um, there. Yeah, and that's the guy who really, his career really didn't take off until 30 years old, mm-hmm. Randy Johnson. That's when he became the Randy Johnson for the most part. Yeah, true. So, but yeah, that's, you know, again, you're getting to the end of the year, you're going to start seeing some history by rookies and other things, and, and then you obviously get Judge and Pujols and Wainwright, and you have some of the veterans breaking records and team records and wins and losses possibly records getting broken, right? So it's just this is the time of the year where you start seeing these things, yeah. um, and it's exciting, and then you get the playoff races and things like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, we're coming down to the wire, so we still have a lot of history right on the, on the edge of being watched. So, you know, you're a baseball fan – you got to stay tuned every day. Absolutely. Every, at this point, every day, there could literally be record-breaking things that we haven't seen in 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Uh, if you see uh, Pujols get his 699th, mm. I would start watching just about every at-bat you can oh, with you him. you will. Every at-bat. Almost now, you almost see every at-bat on TV. So yeah. Judge at this point. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, judge is getting very close to being like that, too. Once he gets to, you know, once he gets to 60, 61, and he's right on that record, you know, it's going to be all eyes on you know, every at-bat, because a guy like that, and Pujols, same way. It could be any at-bat. You yeah. could all of a sudden have two home runs in one game, and that would be that. Um, yeah. I remember watching uh, Bonds. Yeah. He started coming down to the wire. It was like, it stopped, the, stopped the presses. It was on every channel. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, too. It was, it was uh, you know, for all the criticism of Bonds, which I certainly have, um, it was stop and watch TV, you know. It still is, you know, record's a record, you know, and it still was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's all I got. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for this episode. Um, it's going to be kind of similar stuff here. We're probably going to be on Judge and Pujols' watch as well as uh, playoff standings watch for the next few weeks, and then we'll uh, be looking at the uh, you know, the actual playoff series, and then we'll make our predictions there, and you know, we'll, we'll obviously go from there, and, and uh, uh, season's really winding down. You know, it's really getting to the wire here for a lot of teams, and uh, it's cool. And there's a lot of stuff starting with other sports, so that's obviously great stuff too. Yep. You know. Yep. We're, we're baseball's coming down to the you know make a break like we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, but this is it. You know, we're coming down to the history making and the playoffs, and you know the cold weather starts rolling around, and baseball just feels. It really gets you that feel. There's there's two times of the year that baseball really makes you feel like it's you know it's the sport and it's, it's America's pastime. It's that you know Fourth of July sitting in the sun. You know, dog days, eating a hot dog, drinking mm. a beer in, in the, you know, in the summer. And it's that watching a guy with long sleeves on bundled up and it's cold and it's, you know, great. The stadiums are packed and every pitch means so much. Right. Those are the two things that really make you feel like, boy, this is, this is, this is it. You know, these are the things. So we're coming down to that second part there where it rather starts to get a little colder in some of these places and we just, you know, it's put up or shut up. Yeah. And it's just uh, every pitch means so, so much. Um, and the excitement is on every pitch, and the crowd goes absolutely nuts. So we've been to a playoff game. It's the greatest experience I've ever seen. Yeah. It was the greatest experience I've ever been a part of. 
Yeah, it's absolutely sports, insane. In a sports, you know, setting. Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible. Yeah, so, you know, that environment is uh, is something to behold. So we're getting close to it, and it's going to be really fun. So, uh, But with that, uh, you know, unless you have anything else, we can just wrap this one up. No, that's it. All right, well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.